This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the radio program, Warning. With me in the studio is Dr. E.J. Buckhart. He is Worked with me since 1998. Used to be an airline pilot, actually, Northwest Airlines. Flew the jumbo jets around the world. Captain on the 747 airline. And now he's been flying with me. He's been with me since 1998. Uh, Dr. Buckhart, welcome to the Warning Radio Program. Thank you. Glad to be here. Dr. Buckhart and I have traveled the nations a lot, traveled America a lot. He's watched me in revival meetings and conferences. He knows that um, the only thing that can stop the tyranny facing America today is the church. He's not only seen me cry that message out in church after church and, and conference after conference, whether it's large crusade meetings, trying to warn the church to wake up because evil forces are in the process of taking away your freedoms, your liberties. They're changing the laws. They're working with the United Nations. They're working again uh, with the European Union. Uh, So many of our politicians are in bed with the world elite that want to topple Christianity. They want to topple Judeo-Christian values, the Republic of America. And uh, Christians actually have become enemy number one. Why? Because it's Christians that could stop this insanity if they understood their God-given responsibility to be salt and light, to be ambassadors, to rule and reign. You can pray all you want. Jesus is not coming out of heaven to stop persecution. He's not coming out of heaven so America is free. No, he gave you that responsibility when he ascended. He said, go tarry until you're filled with myself. In other words, the third person of the Trinity, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then I will walk with you, I will work with you, I will work through you, and you will do the same exploits I did. Now, most of the church does not tarry for the baptism. Uh, Dr. Buckhart, welcome to the Warning Radio Program. Thank you. Uh, You know my frustration, (laughs) even with some of the people that uh, attend our services, that other things are more important. Sports is more important. Now, you can say what you want. They can say what they want. 
but they're not baptizing the Holy Spirit. They're not tearing for 50 days. Uh, I doubt if they're tearing 50 minutes out of the month. EJ? <laughs> yes. You know, when you talked about the baptism, the importance of the baptism today, I got a letter from Ron Cottle. I was going to use it at the end, but I think I'll start with this. Uh, Dr. Cottle, who we know of extremely well, he's a, a mentor of Dr. Hansen, and I can say mentor myself. But anyway, he received a letter from a president of a, of a uh, ministry, and it has to do with a powerful move of God taking place in the Middle East. And it's interesting. Here was the letter. He says, Dear Ron, a powerful move of the whole God Spirit is taking place across the Middle East. You wouldn't know this by looking at the normal media. Perhaps the greatest move of God in church history is taking place in Iran, Afghanistan, Iraq, and Pakistan. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to catch up with my friend Eric Watt, who leads an extensive network of church houses across the Middle East. There are millions of dynamic believers in these thousands of home churches, and their numbers are growing rapidly. Then Jesus' followers... These Jesus followers are very different than what we call a Christian in America. Before they are allowed to be baptized, and this is why I was reading this now, before they're allowed to be baptized, they must prove that they are a real disciple by winning and discipling someone else, and then a new believer must win someone else also. There must be three generations that are acting as true disciples before they are accepted into the home church. This way, they prevent deceivers from entering into their ranks. When they are baptized, they confess that they are buried with Christ and they no longer live. They publicly lay down all their rights when choosing to follow Jesus. They don't fear martyrdom because they are already dead. Perhaps this is a kind of believer we need to have in the West. People... People know that the cost of following Christ and are willing to lay down their lives in advance of the kingdom. A time may be coming soon when we'll all be tested on what we believe. The awakening that we are experiencing may look very different than what we think. It is the increasing self-indulgent world may have lost the basics in following Jesus, but they are laid out clearly in Luke 9. Number one, deny yourself Two, pick up your cross daily and follow him. And three, lose your life to find it. When you talk about baptism, you're talking about baptism in water. Correct. And uh, that's important, especially in those kind of countries that really represents dying, as you said, dying to self. They are going under the water as if they were dead to self. And now they rise up alive to serve God. Now, that's what we're supposed to do. But in America, most people don't take it that seriously. Correct. Well, these people, you know, in Revelation, when I said we've lost our first love in America, I believe that. Well, these people that are giving their lives this way, they have not lost their first love, and hopefully they won't. And when you asked me to come in today, I was thinking about some of the— uh, words I've been studying in the last few days, and there's lessons from the Bible that we all need to follow, and I think we as a Christian church in America have, have really not made it. I think we should probably call ourselves the true Christians, believers, because there's so many Christians that are in name only. But if you read in Deuteronomy 31, 20 through 29, very some interesting things here. 
First of all, this is Moses. He's getting ready at the end of his life, and he's going to turn it over to Joshua. And he says in verse 23, And he gave Joshua, the son of Nun, a charge, saying, Be strong and of a good courage. I think that's something our church needs to know right now, to be strong and of good courage. For thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land which I swear unto them, and I will be with thee. Now, this is what Moses, I thought, was very interesting that applies to us today. In verse 27, he says, I know your rebellion and your stiff neck. Behold, while I was led alive with you this day, you have been rebellious against the Lord. And how much more after my death? I know that after my death, you will utterly corrupt yourself and turn aside for the ways of God. And here we know in the United States, back in, he was born and raised as a Christian country based on the gospel of Jesus Christ. But in 1963, we had a movement in this country that started the downhill flow into Satanism and paganism. And that was when they removed the Bible and prayer from public schools. And then 1973, another abomination took place, the abortion issue, the killing of the innocent. Well, it wasn't only the killing of the innocent, E.J., but now they've made uh, homosexuality an alternate lifestyle. Before, it was a crime. Right, correct. You could arrest a homosexual. Yes. It was a crime. Under the diagnostic study of mental disorders, it was a deviant behavior. So if a person was a sodomist, and that's what a homosexual is, a sodomist, right. policemen arrested him. You could put him in jail. You could put him in prison. Now today, it's an alternate lifestyle. And they have protected him so much. Oh, wow, you're not even supposed to uh, speak of them in, in any adversity as far as saying it's a sin. They want to call it a hate crime. And we're called the terrorists. If we promote the Bible. Yeah, and that's a whole nother story. But uh, I, in the past, I've quoted presidents of the United States and what they authorized to do to homosexuals and states. Right. And it was everything from the death penalty to life imprisonment with hard labor. President Jefferson said we should castrate them. I mean, Wow. Why isn't that spoken today? I, I read some of the presidents and what they would do, what they promoted to do, how they passed laws to do what they did, including the states. Right. And I'm just quoting history, so you don't get mad at me. <laughs> Amen. Don't get mad at me. But this is history. This is yes. what presidents said. So anyway, uh, we have gone a long ways. You know, the saying, we've come a long ways, baby. Well, uh, that's uh, an abomination. We've gone a long ways in the deterioration of our morality and values. But uh, I'm mentioning earlier that go tarry, go tarry for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You cannot serve Jesus Christ effectively without being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about where you can move with signs and wonders, where you have the power gifts, where you speak in tongues. But, you know, the apostles, well, disciples who became apostles, it was 50 days after Jesus ascended. Now go and tarry. Uh, you don't see people tarrying for 40 days, 50 days, 10 days, 10 minutes. Yet, they can quote professional sports, but they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. See, this is what's wrong with the church today, EJ. There is a total lack of taking 
God's instructions seriously, we can't win America if we're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Can't do it. Correct. You know, I was thinking when I brought up the 1963 prayer in school, as you remember, when we were down in Cuba, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, you could you could preach the evangelized, but you couldn't pray for anybody in the street. If you prayed for them, you could be thrown in the jail. And I, I thought that's kind of interesting. Once they removed the prayer from America, we went downhill. There was something powerful in the prayer. And then, of course, after that, you know, we're not supposed to fear. The Lord says all the time, fear not, fret not. And now we're living inside in America with this COVID type thing that Americans are living in fear, and it's a man-made fear. It's not a God fear. And uh, I think God is going to use this, this idea to bring the church around and open up our eyes to see what's going on. We need to return to God. Well, I bring it right back. If they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they wouldn't be fearing. That's correct. That's correct. But we're not. We're filled with ourself. Right. And uh, our ego, our pride, we're filled with pizza, but we're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so we are afraid. We do compromise. You know, I spoke a message. You heard me. Great anointing. I said people like John Wesley, Charles G. Finney, Dwight L. Moody, Mary Woodworth Edder, Carrie Judd Montgomery, Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake, Evan Roberts, Reese Howells, Amy Simple McPherson, Catherine Coleman, Randy Clark, Heidi Baker, and many others. Movers and shakers, too numerous to mention, they all tapped into the reality of the divine nature of God by loving him with all their being. Now, they all had things in common. These people uh, were responsible, many of them, for the great awakening. Correct. We need another great awakening. The church is as backslidden as it's ever been in my lifetime, but these Great men and women had some things in common. Now, Second Peter 1.4, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Okay, they had become closer and closer. They exhibited the divine nature, the divine nature of God, the attributes where if you're not in love with God, and I'm talking about daily in loving with him, uh, filled with God daily, growing in the Holy Spirit daily, um, there is no way that you can exhibit the, the divine nature. You, you, you exhibit man's selfish nature. You might exhibit uh, demonic nature. Uh, but you don't exhibit too much of the divine nature that can love even your enemies. Amen. Jesus through love, and that's what we're supposed to have if we move into Mark 12, 29 through 34. I'm going to read it in a minute, that verse. But if we're going to have the divine nature, then we have to do what Mark 12, 29 through 34 says. And we have to be filled with God, filled with the love of God. And that has to grow daily. Now, Mark 12, 29 through 34 says, Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like, is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. 
So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher. You've spoken the truth, for there is one God, and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now Jesus saw that he answered wisely. He said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared question him. Now, if we love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, will, mind, and emotions is soul. If we love him with all of our being, if we exhibit John 3.16 love, the same love that drove Jesus to the cross, even though he knew the humiliation and torment and suffering he would go through, yet when people were ready to defend him, his own disciples and angels were ready to come down, he rejected it because he wanted through love to give us eternal life. Now, this is a type of love we're supposed to have, and we can only have it if we tarry and are filled with him, the third person of the Trinity, so we move in his love. And if you don't take it seriously, you don't move in his love. You're a selfish person on earth. I don't care how wise you are. You're a selfish person on earth, EJ. Yeah, it's true. The, unless we're filled with the Holy Spirit and the times that we're living in, difficult times in, in a sense, that it's very challenging. It can bring fear if, you, if your life means something to you, but if you're dead to yourself and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then when we come down to this, quote, mark of the beast, we will be able to have the strength to do it and trust in God's word that says, I will be with you. I will give you the victory. But that only comes as we're totally, totally given over to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit guides and directs us to every place we go. And people call that I talk on the radio sometimes, they say about the mark of the beast. He says, well, I can't, you know, what am I going to do? I've got medicine I got to take. The doctor's learning. If I don't take my medicine, I die. Well, you're supposed to be dead to yourself. And he says, you got to trust in the Lord. If the Lord says he will be with you, if you don't take the mark, do you trust God or do you trust man? You need to trust the Lord. I mean, I think we're living in a period of time right now, and I believe these times that are here, is teaching us that we need really to trust in the Lord and trust in his word. Not no, trust in his word, you got to read it and understand it, but then how have, have the Holy Spirit guide you and direct you. If you choose to take the mark of the beast, it's to save this life. In other words, you have your own pride, your own ego ruling. You don't have God ruling. It doesn't matter again all of the knowledge of God you have. If you are not filled with the third person of the Trinity, I doubt if you can make the right decisions I agree with that. when persecution comes. I agree with that. You are going to give excuses. Oh, a Jesus sees the heart. Yeah, he sees the heart, and he gave you a strong warning. If you take the mark, you're damned to hell. Now, he's given a strong warning. Oh, yes. You'll be tormented. Now, but people will make their excuses. Why? Because Romans chapter 1 says that if, if we reject the truth, you reject the truth in the Bible, clearly warning you what will happen, you reject it, you are under a spirit of deceivableness, comes from pride, so you can believe what you want. Correct. And people are going to, oh, it's for convenience sake. You know, a lot of people oh. understand the dangers of COVID, but for convenience it's sake... And they understand, or I'm talking about the dangers of the COVID vaccinations. Right. Uh, I mean, there's tons of evidence saying how dangerous it is. Don't do it. You have a better chance of survival if you don't take it. But for convenience sake, I know many Christians that have taken it. Yeah. And it's 
I can't believe it. If you take it for convenience now, what about the mark of the beast? Yeah. Well, you know. What about it? When we started off here, I said, you know, be what Moses said and, and Joshua said, be strong and of good courage. But then Moses said right away after that, but he knew of their rebellion and their selfishness in living for themselves that they will not be strong and of good courage. And one of them comes down and says, be very courageous. And right now, this is what we need of our leaders of our churches to be courageous, to take a stand and forget about how physical their life's going to be. If it says right now, if you take the bark of the beast, you can't buy, eat, sell, or anything, everybody's going to say, wait, I got to feed myself. But we already know some places where they've closed them down to going into grocery stores, but yet the Lord is providing them with food through other means. So uh, we need, and we need to hear those things because we need to have that courage and that, that and courageousness to stand strong. Those type of people that say for convenience sake, I'll take the, the COVID jab, or the same type of people that say for convenience sake, I'll get involved in the black market, I'll bribe. I'll bribe. Mm -hmm. You are the same worthless, pathetic Christian. <laughs> you will bribe. Mm -hmm. You will engage in illegal activity. Yes. You'll bribe to avoid your own violation or your own being persecution. Correct. And so instead of being persecuted, you're going to bribe your way out of it Correct. for convenience sake. It's that you're trusting in yourself, EJ. Well, you're trusting yeah. in yourself. What it is is most people don't understand the gospel that was being taught is really a sloppy gospel. It's a sloppy grace. In other words, Jesus says, if you follow me, you will suffer. And that is is when people hear, well, I don't want to suffer. We've had a beautiful in this in this America, and we've got everything. Everything's nice. We can snap our fingers and we can have it. We don't want to suffer. And so something comes up where we have to suffer, that's when we're going to say, okay, I give in. I don't want to suffer. But God says, you suffer for me, you have eternal life. John Wesley was one of the originals that uh, helped in the Great Awakening. Tremendous... Uh soul winner. But as he put his whole being into chasing God, uh, he exhibited again uh, the manifestations of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in his ministry. He said, I put myself wholly into thy hands. Put me to do what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for thee or laid aside for thee exalted for thee, or trodden down underfoot for thee. Let me be full, let me be empty, let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily resign all to thy pleasure and disposal. That sounds like the Apostle Paul. <laughs> Amen. That's what made John Wesley one of the originators that started the Great Awakening. Correct. He also said, John Wesley, his actions were to fervently seek more of God through daily devotions, attending services, etc. He would attend services, E.J., more than one time a day. He would attend them every night. He would attend all-night prayer meetings. Now he knew we what can't God get some Christians to come out but once a week. Yeah, he knew what God had called him to do, to be successful. I mean, if yeah. some Christians will only come out once a week and some won't even do that. Well, that's because of name only. They're not really because believers. they have not put their whole self into Correct. God. Their whole self is actually still ruling their life. And God is not 
what he wants to be ruling their life as the third person of the Trinity, where all they live for is to do the will of God. Jesus in you doing the Father's work. You know, more manifestations of the Holy Spirit, Wesley Whitfield and others wanted more of God. Now, these people wanted more manifestations of the Holy Spirit. They were passionate. They were hungry. They sought God with their whole soul. Again, through daily devotions, worship, fasting, and prayer, holding and attending services. They continued to walk in the reality of the divinity of God they were receiving. Even though they did not understand all of the fullness of God, also called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they embraced it and they manifested it. EJ? One thing I like about Wesley and Whitfield when I, when I hear their stories, both of these two great men of God, but they had a difference in theology, in doctrine. And uh, it was different, but they worked it out. They, they wanted to have unity in Christ. Even though they didn't come along with a certain doctrine, they had this unity in Christ. And one of Wesley's guys asked him one time, he said, do you think West, uh, Whitfield will ever be in heaven? We'll see him in heaven? And Wesley says... No, we probably won't see him because he'll be too close to the Lord and we'll be too far away. But we need that unity in the church today. We need that unity. Listening to the Warning Radio program, my special guest, Dr. E.J. Buckhart. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.